Good afternoon, America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are happy to have you on board today. A day when it feels like, uh, I don't know if you feel this way, but just to me, it just feels like the world is upside down. It just feels like everything is in turmoil. You know, with everything happening in Israel over the weekend, uh, it just, you know, with our own border, you know, the crisis happening at our own own border, you know, the border of Israel is is being invaded, annihilated. Uh, the southern border of America under under Joe Biden is is being overrun, overwhelmed. I heard someone say, and, I, and I've heard this repeatedly, the immigration system is broken. And I, I don't think the immigration system is broken. I just, I don't think it's being, um, I don't think the laws are being followed. You know, follow the laws and the immigration system will be fine. Put up a wall, the immigration system will be fine. If you're not going to follow the laws, though, if you're just going to let people cross over and cross in and not not hold them accountable, but just let them pour into the country, then in that sense, the immigration system, I guess, is broken. It wouldn't be broken, though, if the laws would be followed, but it it just feels like it's upside down. Everything to me today feels upside down. We have leaders in our in our education system, and you know leaders in state government that would prefer to confuse children and and make them think they are a different gender, when in fact they're not. We have adults in our school system who would rather lie to our kids, tell them falsehoods about who they are would rather lie to them about who their country is and about where they came from, what their heritage is. It just it just seems like things are upside down. And, you know, you might say, well, Dean, you're, you, you sound a little depressed today. You, you sound a little down. And I'm not. I'm not depressed, nor am I down. It just feels like things are upside down. However, in moments when it seems things are upside down and things are backwards and just, you know, we're under it, there is, there's always hope. And for me, looking, looking back through history, the learning from individuals who who faced times that perhaps we are facing today watching what they did how they responded and even just the country as a whole watching the country respond you know we do have 200 years plus of history longer actually longer than in 200 years, if, if we go all the way back to the pilgrims and the gang, we've got we got a few years that we can that we can draw from. 
we have individuals in our history that we can draw from, people that that we can learn from. And I I have a, you know, I'm thinking maybe, I don't know, maybe today's story day. Maybe it's story hour. You know, some days are our uh, history lessons. Maybe some days just need to be just stories. Maybe some days we just need to uh, go back in history. And in the moments of, you know, when things are upside down, you know, how did, how did our ancestors handle it? How did the founding fathers handle it? How did, how did really unknown individuals, people that we don't really hear a lot about? I mean, maybe we, we did at, at one point in time in history, but, you know, history being what it is in our schools now, we, we don't hear a lot about these stories. I have a book called The American Patriot's Almanac, written by William J. Bennett and John Cribb. And it's, it's really a uh, what happened today in history type of book. And it's just rich. It is just so full of, of glorious stuff. This weekend, there are three stories that just jumped out and grabbed me from Saturday, Sunday, and today. I don't know that I'll read them in order, but they're just, they describe, it doesn't matter your, your walk of life, doesn't matter your your race, your creed, your religion, your ethnicity, where you live geographically in the country. Americans have this something that unites us. This something that kind of, I don't know, binds us together. And I think uh, Samuel Adams said it best when he said we have to renovate the age. Let's unite patriots, pastors, statesmen, philosophers. Let's unite these guys to renovate the age by, by reminding fathers to teach their kids the love and fear of God, love for each other, love for the country and the art of self-government. And those things kind of unite us as Americans, even though the love and fear of God has has waned over the years, mostly because it's it wasn't removed from our, our public schools. And so we have a generation of kids that just didn't get what previous generations received. So even though that has somewhat waxed and, and waned it, there's something in our fabric as Americans, and it is this something that unites us, that we, we do have a belief in God. We, we do have a patriotic spirit that, that loves this country. We might not love our government so much from time to time, but we love the country, and we love each other. As Americans, we can unite around the fact that we're Americans. And even though there would be forces that would want to pit us against one another, as a country, we still love each other, regardless of what the nefarious ones out there would, would attempt to do to split us and divide us and conquer us. And some of us are still interested in, in the art of self-government. 
some of us are still interested governing ourselves. So as a country, we we have these the, the, the we have this glue, so to speak, that unites us. That just it, this golden thread that uh, thread that is interwoven through the fabric, and that that interwoven thread is really in these three stories here. The first is called King Mountain, October seventh, seventeen eighty, brought the Battle of King Mountain, a fight Thomas Jefferson called the quote turn of the tide of success in the Revolutionary War. Did you know that? Had you ever heard of King Mountain, or if you if you had heard of the Battle of King Mountain, you know, I'm sure you probably have forgotten about it. It is not a famous battle, although Jefferson said this is what really turned the tide of success. And it's interesting that it happens early October 1780, because as, as we get into 1780, really the country is just, uh, they're becoming fatigued, almost. There, there have you know the there hasn't been a lot of victories as of late, not a whole lot to hang our hats on, and it just feels like, well, you know, almost like it feels right now. I think, of course, I I wasn't alive in in 1780, but when I I read the accounts of 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 how the people were feeling, it almost feels like right now there was just a string of of defeats or non-successful campaigns not a not a whole lot going on really and just people are getting tired of war and there's not a whole lot going on right now and people are getting tired of of where we are as a country however benedict arnold uh, makes his his fateful error and, and trying to turn West Point over to the British and and Major John Andre, you know, he's captured that, that famous story that Arnold and Andre are, are conspiring to turn West Point over. They have this meeting. Uh, Andre leaves the meeting. He's in, in plain clothes. You know, he, he, he figures he can disguise himself as just a, you know, a regular bumpkin. And he, he comes along. On this road, he's pretty close to getting into British territory, but you know, there's this sentry of of three Americans, and they they detain him and they ask him questions, and well, then they they take off his boots and they find paperwork in his boots, paperwork really describing West Point, and paperwork in uh, in Benedict Arnold's handwriting, and you know, they think that. Uh, Andre has stolen this, and so they got to get word to to Arnold uh, that you know there's there, there's a mole somewhere, or you know Andre has made his way into the camp, unbeknownst to them. Of course, it's Arnold, and word reaches Arnold that uh, Andre's been captured, and uh, Arnold flees, and he you know gets on a boat, and that the 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 little you know, boat takes him out into the harbor where the the uh, HMS Vulture, so adequately named, the Vulture is waiting for Arnold, and and he gets on the the Vulture and he he escapes. What's interesting though is that Washington was on his way to 
observed West Point. And while Washington was there, that's when Arnold was going to hand West Point over to the British. Washington, you know, theoretically would have been captured. West Point Falls, Washington, you know, at this point, the, the war is over. But the nefarious plot was discovered. Washington was not captured. West Point was not turned over. Arnold flees aboard the, uh, the HMS Vulture. And when news of this happens, it it starts to regalvanize the country. It energizes the country again. It's just, you know, like people are like, what? We can't believe Arnold would do this because at this point, Arnold, he's a hero. Arnold is a war hero and he's looked up to, he's, he's charismatic. You know, he had his issues in the army, but the people liked him. And when they heard what he did, it, it turned the tables and energy began to, to resurface. It began to, there was this resurgence. So here we have, you know, on October 7th, we have this Battle of Kings Mountain. Uh, but by late summer, 1780, British victories had convinced General Charles Cornwallis that the Lower South lay under his control, and he marched north to subdue North Carolina. Uh, you know, there was just a string of victories, and the summer of 1780 was rough for the Americans. But Benedict Arnold performs his treachery, and then something happens. And here it is. Along the way, he sent, we're talking about Cornwallis, General Cornwallis, along the way, he sent Major Patrick Ferguson, a hard-fighting Scot, toward the Carolina Mountains to keep alive the spirits of our friends. They called him Bulldog, Bulldog Ferguson. But Bulldog Ferguson stirred up patriot spirits when he warned uncooperative frontier settlers that he would, quote, march over the mountains hang their leaders, and lay their country waste with fire and sword. So these guys just get wind, all right? They just, you know, the country has learned of the treachery of Benedict Arnold. And then in early October, Bulldog Ferguson makes this announcement to the uncooperative frontier settlers that he would, quote, march over the mountains, hang their leaders, and lay their country waste with fire and sword. Uh, I don't think you say that to Americans. 900 men swarmed out of the mountains of present-day Tennessee, western North Carolina, and Virginia. It's a beautiful country over there, by the way. They were called the over-mountain men because they lived, quote, over the mountains. They were every bit as hard-fighting as Ferguson, and they had no intention of bowing to any king. The over-mountain men, along with other patriots from the Carolinas and Georgia, caught up with Ferguson's loyalist troops at King Mountain, a wooded ridge in South Carolina. Ferguson had the advantage of high ground, but the patriots hid behind trees and rocks as they worked their way up the steep slopes. Quote, I stood behind one tree and fired until the bark was nearly all knocked off, one of the over-mountain men recalled. At the end of the brutal fight, over 300 loyalists had been killed or wounded, and 700 had been taken prisoner. Ferguson lay dead with eight bullets in his body. 
Told of the defeat, a shaken Cornwallis retreated south. The overmountain men shouldered their rifles and headed home. Sir Henry Clinton, the British commander-in-chief in North America, later called King's Mountain, quote, the first link in a chain of evils that followed each other in regular succession until they at last ended in the total loss of America. And in their opinion, it began at King's Mountain. It probably actually began in West Point when Benedict Arnold failed in his attempt to turn the country over to the enemy. And it just caused something to, to grow, something to rekindle. Ah, maybe we need something to rekindle in America again. Sometimes it just feels like we need something to rekindle. I know, uh, you know, many people say it would, it really would be a third great awakening that we're, we're looking for a third great awakening. Uh, the first and second great awakenings are, are interesting. I haven't studied them a lot in history, but I have been lately. And they are interesting, how they were born, and then what followed these great awakenings. And a third great awakening, I would be all for. I would be all for, but, you know, something needs to be rekindled and, and reborn. Something for Americans, once again, to rally around. Something, again, for us to rally around. Uh, Kings Mountain, Kings Mountain is a, uh, it is that type of story that, um, you know, the mountain men rallied. All right, we're up against the break. Uh, we'll pick it up on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Hey everyone, Nurse Kimberly Overton here from Nurses Out Loud. Over time, our cell signaling molecules diminished, leaving us vulnerable to the wear and tear of life. With the Sea of Redox, you can restore and revitalize your body at the cellular level. This is an incredible product that I personally use and can attest to seeing fantastic results, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. ASEA supports your immune system, enhancing your body's natural ability to repair itself. It promotes overall well-being so that you can experience a new level of vitality and resilience. It's time to take control of your health and experience the power of ASEA. Visit our online store today at americaoutloud.shop and use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15%. Be sure to tune in to Nurses Out Loud Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. 
Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are happy to have you on board America Out Loud. It is America's premier news network, a rising force in the new media. It's where smart people go to get their news and information. So we are happy to have you on board. Uh, congratulations on being one of the smart ones. Uh, so we, uh, you know, it's story hour today. We just decided, you know what, we need to, you know, the world feels upside down. And we need to go back in time. And we need to, we need to, to, to find a story or true or, or two that maybe one that we can resonate with, one that we can relate to. And I'm I'm looking at King's Mountain. And what is so unique about this story is it, uh, you know, the battle takes place on October 7th, 1780. And we're coming out of the summer of 1780 where just, you know, the the British are winning. And it feels like as Americans, if if we were alive during this time, and I'm assuming everyone in my audience would be part of the Patriots. I know I would have been. Uh, my assumption is that we we would have felt like we were just losing. Uh, Cornwallis had a string of victories. You, you know, we weren't there. There wasn't a lot of success on on the American end. But uh, Benedict Arnold decides he's going to turn over Washington and West Point simultaneously to the British, but the plan is foiled. And it's it's foiled really by three unnamed men. I don't know that we know who they are. They were on patrol. And, and, and Major Andre is trying to get back over British lines, and these three men find him, and they start questioning him eventually. <laughs> Eventually, they get his boots off, and they find paperwork buried in his boots. And the whole plot is uncovered. It it unravels at the seams. Benedict Arnold flees. He gets aboard the HMS Vulture, uh, which is appropriately named for him. And it turns the tide in the country. It it it's I don't know. It just sends this shockwave, and then we have this this battle of King's Mountain where, you know, Cornwallis is going to send his man. He is going to send Bulldog Ferguson, Major Patrick Ferguson, over the mountain just to wipe out the frontier folk. And again, we have 900 men that, that come out of the mountains of East Tennessee, North Carolina, Virginia. And we don't know who they are. There isn't w- one person that that we can look to we just we just know these men came with their rifles and they said um no I'm sorry you're, you're not this isn't happening the way you think it's going to happen Bulldog Ferguson said he would quote march over the mountains hang their leaders and lay their country waste with fire and sword and these 900 men uh said well, I mean, okay, you can try. <laughs> and we don't care that you have the high ground. We don't care that that you control the high ground on top of King's Mountain. You know, we're going to work our way up that mountain. We're going to hide behind rocks and trees, and we're going to pick you off on our way up. And that's what happened. 
and and this is really the story of America. While there are there are many you know, many leaders, many founding fathers that come to the surface and come to the forefront. The true story of America is just unnamed individuals, unnamed unnamed men, and a number of nine hundred making their way up King's Mountain, and they are going to. Uh, throw Major Patrick Ferguson off course. Not only are they going to throw him off course, but at the end of the day, he had eight eight bullets in his body. And you know, he didn't he didn't get up and walk away from it. But it was un unnamed, unknown, just Americans that said, no, uh-uh. We're 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 not doing this. And you know, it kind of feels like that's where we are. It does. It you know, with everything going around us, I it just I feel like the the treachery of the evil, the big mistake that the evil is about to make is that they underestimate just the people in the country who who really want to be left alone and we just want to be free. We want to be free to do what we see fit and and that freedom should allow for that as long as we're not harming our neighbors, as long as we're not harming others, as long as we're not harming children. As parents, we should be able to raise our kids the way we see fit. You know, but we then send them off to public school, and and that's when that's when the harm happens. But in in the order of 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 the Battle of of Kings Mountain, I am holding an article here from Epic Times. It's called "Parents Teachers Start Winning Court Battles Against Secret Gender Transition Policies." Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's starting. And and guess where it's starting from? Out of all places, you know, we've talked about it. California. It's coming from California. For more than a year, California parents have showed up at legislative hearings and protested secret gender transition policies at schools. A revolt against government policies that many say usurp parental authority is spreading across the nation especially in blue states where lawmakers have promoted transgender ideology and, quote, gender-affirming care, according to parents, attorneys, and teachers. So it's beginning in the blue states, and California is one of the chieftains. And it's because, you know, educators and lawmakers would rather promote lying to our kids to confuse them about who they are and parents, attorneys, and teachers are done with it. Just absolutely done with it. For more than a year, California parents have shown up in droves at legislative hearings and phoned in by the hundreds to protest policies that encourage schools to keep social gender transitions of children secret. Teachers also have begun to refuse to hide information about a child's gender identity from parents. So not only are the parents rising up, but the teachers are saying, uh-uh, no, we're not doing this. This isn't happening. This uh, We're not going to play this 
pretend anymore. Meanwhile, Democratic members of the California Legislative LGBTQ Caucus have spearheaded legislation supporting so-called gender-affirming care, especially for children, touting it as a first-in-the-nation model. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the legislators in the state of California need to be recalled. Every single last one of those Democrats need to be recalled. Parental rights groups, such as Our Duty, have pushed back against the model, while groups such as Planned Parenthood, Equality California, and others support it. Uh, what's what's Planned Parenthood doing in the in the gender affirming business? I thought they were about the abortion business. Is it just that they hate children? Is that what it is that the the folks at Planned Parenthood do they just hate kids? And if they can't kill them, then they want to uh, destroy their lives in other ways. California school districts claim that they are required by law to keep gender transition secret from parents unless a child wants to tell his or her parents. But recent court rulings tell a different story. So listen to this. Everybody in California, this is imperative. You're being told by your by your leaders and school administrators in California that they are required by law to keep gender transition secrets from you. And, and as we will see here in this article, that is a lie. That is a lie. Landmark case. A federal judge on September 14th blocked California's Escondido Union School District from punishing two teachers who refused to comply with guidance issued by the California Department of Education that encourages educators to keep gender transitions of students secret from their parents. So two teachers have risen up and they've said, nope, we're not doing it. Enough is enough. Judge Roger T. Benitez granted a preliminary injunction against the state and the Escondido Union School District, stating the policy is unconstitutional. Thank you, Judge Benitez. The teachers, Elizabeth Marabelli and Lori Ann West, claimed the state and district violated their constitutional and religious rights. They were both placed on paid administrative leave after their lawsuit was filed in April but are negotiating with the district to get back to work in the classroom. The teachers told the Epic Times that gender transitions among girls at their middle school are a, quote, social experiment that has become a social contagion. And this is what's waking people up. That we're in the, we're in the, the moment of history where Benedict Arnold is turning over West Point. And and patriots begin to open up their eyes, and and Americans begin to open up their eyes, and they begin to realize, holy cow, no, this is real. And th this is uh, again when you have, when you have school leaders and government leaders that would say, yeah, we your kids need to be transitioned, but parents, you know, you can't know about it. This is akin to to Benedict Arnold. That's what's happening here. The teachers told all right that 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 this is becoming a social experiment. That's all it is. This social experiment 
of trying to get middle school girls to transition has also become a social contagion. When the girls go to the school counselors, they get, quote, so much praise and affirming. And they're celebrated as brave and honest, Miss West said. It's only girls at our school. They eat it up. They get so much attention. They see one kid get this, and they kind of follow along. It's infecting them. It's spreading. End quote. So it's a contagion. The kids see the, the affirmation that that a student is getting, and then the kids are like, hey, well, I think I want to be a girl, or I want to be a boy. Because they see all this attention and praise being heaped on them. Oh, you're so courageous for, for saying that you're something that you're not. Until recently, it was rare to have even one child identify as transgender, but it's becoming much more common, Miss West said. I have seven girls in one class that wanted to be trans all of a sudden, she said. Miss Marabelli said gender transitions are, quote, trending in California public schools. It's becoming the thing. It's now the, the I don't know that you'd call it the cool thing, but it's the thing to do if you want attention. And these middle school children want attention. Of course they want attention. But what they don't realize is they're, they're engaging in something that's going to destroy their lives. And the adults in charge are letting it happen and, and encouraging it. The Benedict Arnold's in charge, I should say. All right. Quote, schools are now the social engineer. They're socially transitioning children, and as they move through the social transition, the next level is, of course, the medical transition. We can't just stand by while all this is going on. I had a trans kid in my class. This kid was a fantastic student, one of my favorites, worked hard, good grades, well-behaved. We had a great relationship. I knew that little girl was not a boy, and in the not-too-distant future, she looked in the mirror and said, hey, I'm pretty. Wait a minute. Miss Marabelli said she wants no part of putting children on a, quote, conveyor belt toward puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and eventually surgical transitions that they might regret later in life. These kids are 10, 11, and 12 years old. They're in the throes of adolescence. We've been teaching adolescent children for decades. We've seen it all. We know that they go through a lot. To get to the bottom of why gender transitions are trending, she said, follow the money. And there it is. Follow the money. We know that these middle school students are, you know, as this teacher said, they go through a lot. I mean, their lives are um, a lot of times in their own minds and chaos. That, you know, they're trying to navigate hormones and and then they're told that, hey, you feel this way because you're you're the wrong gender, because God got it wrong, because you're trapped inside the wrong body. Uh, you know, luckily there are still teachers in the public schools, like uh, Miss West and Miss Marabelli, who are are willing to help kids along and give them some direction. And, of course, they have the, the wisdom and the smarts to say, if you want to get to the bottom of it, follow the money. 
Oh, the money trail. The so-called sex reassignment surgery market reached $2.1 billion last year in the United States. Holy cow. you got to be kidding me. $2.1 billion? And is expected to more than double to $5 billion by 2030. According to a 2022 report by business consulting firm from Grand called Grandview Research, $5 billion. Uh, more research released by Acute Market Reports indicates that North America holds at least half of the global market share for so-called sex reassignment surgeries. Why are they only happening here? Why are they only, you know, why is half of the market share happening in North America? Well, uh, Marxist anyone? Can we say a, a, a Marxist takeover? Can we say a Marxist coup? Can we say the Benedict Arnolds have handed the keys to West Point over to the Marxists? Can we? Hmm, I think we can. According to the Gender Mapping Project, there were only, quote, a handful of gender clinics for children operating in North America a decade ago. But there are now more than 400 involved in what has become a multi-billion dollar industry even as parts of Europe move away from the affirmative care model, because it's not care. Gender affirmation is not care. It is destruction. These children, they have, they have no place to get this care now, this lady in North Carolina, after the, the House vetoed the governor's, or overrode the governor's veto. These kids, they have to cross state lines to get this care. It's not care, lady. There's nothing care about it. All right, let's take a break. We're up against it. We'll pick it up on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation we know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer, this stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. 
you are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can reach us via email at thedean.list at protonmail.com. We do enjoy reading the emails, so uh, feel free to reach out, questions, comments. Um, I got an email a couple of days ago from someone who who is wondering about school boards and uh, you know how do we uh, how do we communicate? How do we um, how do we navigate all that? And I have a, a a very important interview coming up here in the next couple of days with a with a pastor here in Michigan who just said, "Hey, I'm going to run. Uh, I'm going to run." He ran and he won, and it's going to be an interesting conversation. And those of you that this is something that you're interested in, maybe you feel you know you 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 feel drawn to. It is uh, it's a conversation that you're not going to want to miss, and I'll I will keep you uh, updated. I'll keep you posted on that. We started this show today really just uh, lamenting lamenting what's happening in the world, really lamenting the hate, lamenting the hate, lamenting the evil, uh, lamenting what is going on in Israel. Uh, we pray for Israel. We 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 pray for the citizens of of Israel. Um, and you know we we lament really what's happening here in our own country. We we lament what's happening at the border. We lament what you know what's happening in our schools. But I'm reminded about Kings Mountain and how. You know, Bulldog Ferguson said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna march over that mountain. I'm gonna grab these frontiersmen. I'm gonna burn their villages. I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna hang their leaders. They're, I'm just gonna wipe. I'm gonna wipe them out. And, you know, 900 men from East Tennessee, in North Carolina, what's now Westford, they just came out and they said, "No, no, you're not." They brought their guns, and at the end of that battle, the Battle of Kings Mountain, Ferguson lay dead. Eight bullet holes in his body. And the mountain men, I think, took over 700 captives. 700 British soldiers who they, they captured there. Unnamed. You know, there, there isn't one hero that rises up. They're all heroes. And that, to me, is America. Yeah, we, you know, we we've had you know heroes throughout, but but Americans themselves just rise up and become heroes. And that's really what's happening here in in, in California. I started reading this Epic Times article, and you know, we have these these two teachers. Elizabeth Mirabelli and Lori Ann West, who just said no. You know, California said you have to, you have to hide any students who want to transition. You have to hide that information from their parents. It is state law. And these two ladies said no. Uh, uh-uh, we're not doing it. Um, you know, one of them said that there were seven girls in her classroom who all, you know wanted to transition and it's just it's become an epidemic it's become a contagion and they're letting parents know 
the quote here. I had a transit kid in my class. This kid was a fantastic student, one of my favorites, worked hard, good grades, well-behaved. We had a great relationship. I knew that little girl was not a boy. And in the not-too-distant future, she looked in the mirror and said, hey, I'm pretty. Wait a minute. And that, and, and that's what they need. They need teachers who are willing to say, no, we're not doing this. We're grabbing our muskets and we're climbing up King's Mountain. We're not, we're not standing for this. So uh, these two ladies said, no, uh, we're not doing it. Of course, the state decided to punish them. But in September, I don't, uh, September 14th, a federal judge blocked California's Escondido Union School District from punishing these two teachers who refused to comply with guidance issued by the California Department of Education that encourages educators to keep gender transitions from students secret. So you, you, you hear the words guidance, it's not a law, and encourages ed educators. It means you don't have to. Listen, if you are a teacher in California and you're wondering what I should do, do what's right. Absolutely do, do what's right. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I mean, it's easier for me to say, I'm not in California, I'm in Michigan, but I promise you, uh, I mean, Michigan is no better. And if I were in your position, I would I would do the same. I mean, I've, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dive into it, but I guess you'll just have to take my word for it. Required guidance. So here's the next heading in the article. Paul Jonah, a Thomas More Society attorney representing the teachers, told the Epic Times that the ruling in favor of the teachers is significant. You better believe it's significant, Mr. Jonah. Quote, this ruling could really set the framework for how this issue should be analyzed, not just in California, but everywhere. The state issued, quote, very misleading guidance in the form of an FAQ page to every school district in the state, asserting that parental exclusion is required by California law under privacy rights for children and that it was required to keep students safe. They said it was non-binding guidance, but they used words like required and must. And basically, every school district interpreted, interpreted it as binding, Mr. Jonas said. The district was convinced it was binding and said so at the hearing. But in fact, this was not mandatory. Oh, okay. So you're, 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 you're giving districts and teachers the impression that it's binding and they have to do it by law. But yeah, it's not mandatory. Yeah. The judge, he said, was deeply troubled over inconsistent positions that the state has taken and grilled state attorneys in the four-hour hearing on whether the policy was backed by law. So which is it, the judge asked, according to the court transcript. Is the FAQ binding on the school district or not? Eventually, state attorneys agreed that the policy is not binding and does not compel school districts to enact the rule. All right, are you listening? In California, are you listening? 
because truth is coming out. It is coming out this policy, these guidelines that the state is issuing that they're trying to get teachers to follow is not, in fact, binding. According to this judge, it isn't anyway. The statist notion, oh, this is such a good quote, Judge Benitez, this is what he says. The statist notion that governmental power should supersede parental authority in all cases because some parents abuse and neglect children is repugnant to American tradition. Thank you, Judge. Thank you. Yes, it is true, unfortunately, that some parents abuse and neglect children. They've abdicated their, their parental position, authority, and rights in that moment. But just because some do, then the, you, you, you can't assume all do. And you can't assume that you have to hide everything from parents, especially when it comes to, to your indoctrination of their, of their children in terms of gender confusion. The judge continued, isn't that precisely what your rule does? It basically says that all parents are presumed to be the enemy if the child simply says, I don't want my parents to know. The judge asked why parents who are ultimately legally responsible for the care and nurturing of their children are cut out. The school district has the kids for what, six hours a day? The judge asked. When a state attorney, when a state attorney responded six or seven, Benita said, "Tell me how that makes sense to have a child run around seven hours a day pretending to be X, and then spending the other eighteen hours a day pretending to be Y, and then on the weekends, twenty-four hours a day being Y. How can that possibly be healthy for a child? How in the world can that not be detrimental for a child?" Thank you, Judge Benitez. Thank you. Thank you. Finally, some common sense from the bench. And it's because we had two teachers, just, you know, just these two ladies that, rem that remind me of, of the 900 pouring out of the hills in East Tennessee, climbing up Kings Mountain saying, no way, not today. I mean, granted, they don't look like mountain men, these two ladies. They, they look very professional. They do, not, they do not look like mountain men. But come on, isn't it that same attitude and that same spirit? When the world looks like it's upside down, this is the attitude and the spirit we need. People just, just standing up and doing the right thing. Just saying, no, uh-uh, not doing it. Where's my musket? I'm climbing King's Mountain. Ugh. Mr. Jonah is confident that even if the school district or the state appeals the ruling, that, quote, reason will eventually prevail. You would think that reason would prevail. I mean, this judge here knows what he's doing. The case will set a legal precedent. Quote, this is Mr. Jonah, the order doesn't encompass every school district, but it puts every school district on notice that these are unlawful policies. If we ultimately are able to establish that this is an unlawful act to Escondido Union School District, then it is going to be unlawful for every school district. Yep. Amen. Preacher brother. Opponents of parental notification policies often cite Assembly Bill 
1266, the School Success and Opportunity Act, 2014 California law that supports student privacy rights over parental authority for children older than 12. Don't you love what it, that it, it's called? The School Success and Opportunity Act. Oh, the left. They label things that aren't that thing. There is no school success or opportunity in this act. The law says students who think they're boys. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rephrase this. I'm gonna take out the language. The law says that boys who are pretending to be girls and girls who are pretending to be boys must be permitted to participate in sex-segregated school programs and activities and use facilities consistent with their pretended gender without regard to their biological sex. However, it says nothing about keeping gender transition secret from parents. Ah, there you go. Uh-huh. You guys didn't go far enough in your little uh, in your little law over there, your little Assembly Bill 1266. Neither Mark Olson, the Escondido Union School District president, nor the California Department of Education responded to requests for comment. Of course they didn't. Oh, Chino Valley. Here we go. Epic Times is diving into Chino Valley. Let's go. Do we have time for this? Let's 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 try it. Referring to California's lawsuit against Chino Valley Uni Unified School District over its recently adopted policy that requires school staff to notify parents if their child changes his or her gender identity at school, Mr. Jonah said state officials are making conflicting statements. Of course they are. They are actually suing a school district that dares to deviate from this so-called non-binding guidance. All right, you folks in Chino Valley, I know you're paying attention to this. School board members in Chino Valley, I know you're paying attention. What you're being sued over has been determined to be non-binding. This judge, Benitez, has determined that you're being sued over non-binding policy. At least seven California school districts have now adopted parental notification policies that stem from legislation proposed by Assemblyman Bill Bill Asaley. I don't know that I'm getting his name right. Uh, the, the proposed legislation was killed when Assembly Education Committee Chairman Al Maratusucci refused to allow it to be heard. Al is a Democrat from Torrance. Al said, not only because the bill is proposing bad policy, but also because a hearing would potentially provide a forum for increasingly hateful rhetoric targeting homosexual youth. Oh boy, these people in California. Assembly Bill 1314 would have required a teacher counselor or school employee to notify a parent within three days of becoming aware that a student was identifying at school as a gender not aligning with the child's sex. Mr. Asilei, the Republican, has since attended several parental rights rallies encouraging California's nearly 1,000 school boards to pass parental notification policies. So this guy's out there saying, hey, let's go after it. We're going to just, let's do it locally. 
And apparently he is he's wise to the fact that this state issued guidance is non-binding. So guess what? Locally, you have the authority. Come on, 900, climb King's Mountain. Let's go. Let's get up the mountain. Around 200 parental rights demonstrators marched through downtown Los Angeles to protest against secret gender transitions in California public schools on August 22nd. Yes, parents, community members, and activists gather at Glendale Unified School Board meeting to protest against district policies on homosexual content in schools that took place on June 20th. It is happening. The March Up Kings Mountain is happening. Mark Trammell, an attorney and executive director of the Center for American Liberty, told the Epic Times that the center is now representing a group of parents who seek to intervene in the state's case against Chino Valley. Earlier this month, the state was granted a temporary restraining order to halt enforcement of the district's parental notification policy, which has been in place since the beginning of the year. Well, that's not going to last. That is not, that is not going to last. All right. I don't have time to continue with this article. It's a long one. My point is this, friends, that when the world looks upside down, uh, Americans rally together and we go after it. And we have a group of, of Americans in this country that, that are climbing King's Mountain. We've got the 900 climbing the mountain. And I love it. So no. I am not depressed. I'm encouraged. We are going after it. We are turning the tide. All right. That's all the time we have for today, America. Thank you for joining me. Invite your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age. <laughs>